0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Ammon of Brachas is Mem Aleph 41B. We're going to have two sections in today's learning. First is actually going to be a finale of yesterday, discussing the Peshat of Rav Yitzchak in the Pasuk, of the Shivas Haminim, like we learned yesterday. And the second, we will discuss the requirement or lack thereof of bracha rishona or achrona when you eat foods within the context of a se'udah. So we begin about six lines from the top of the page on Mem Aleph Morbez. Rav So just to remember, we had yesterday two shitas in terms of what the Pasuk of Chita v'se'ayra of the Shivas Haminim is teaching us. Rav Yitzchak's pshat in the Pasuk was that the pasuk is telling us the importance or significance of the Shivas Haminim, and therefore, if he has in front of him multiple of the Shivas Haminim, the earlier ones in the pasuk would take precedence in terms of the order of the bracha. Rav Hanan learnt learned that it's teaching us the Chashivas of Eretz Yisrael, that each of these fruits teaches us a shiur Torah, a measurement in a different area of halacha. So we're going to discuss actually the first Prat Rav Yitzhak, in this next story the Gemara tells us "Rav khiz ref hamnuna havu bis udasa ref khiz hamnuna were sitting at a meal isula tamri tamriverimayni they brought in front of them dates and pomegranates Shakar ref hamnuna baraha tamriberish asref hamnuna took a date and he made a bracha first don't you hold of the p'sak that we left off with yesterday or in the pasuk, which is whatever's earlier in the press takes precedence in terms of the Bracha and the question that he was saying was if you look in the pasuk, Rimon is before divash at the end of the pasuk. it's before Tamarim so why did you make a Bracha on the Devash on the Tamar on the date and not on the pomegranate it's so, Amarlay, Imam Base. It's so, Amar from Nunasid Makterv khizdah zeh shaini la aretz fize chamishi la aretz he said you have to understand that psaq in context. What does it mean? Whatever is closer to the word eretz in the pasuk takes precedence in terms of the Shiva haminim. Now the word eretz is said twice. The beginning of the pasuk says, Eretz kito sa'ira vegetemon. And then it says again, eretzes shemenu devash. Now, the word remon is the fifth. Fruit or the fifth item listed from the first Eretz. The word Dvash, which refers to Tamarim, is the second from the second Eretz. So therefore, said Rav Hamnuna, so. Uh, so the Gemara says back, Amar later from Munah said back, Ze aretz, the Tamar, the date at the end of the Pasuk, is the second to the second aretz, aretz, as opposed to the Rimon, which is fifth to the first Aretz. So therefore, that takes precedence, meaning if you have something farther from the first Aretz, Closer to the second Aretz versus something closer to the second arts that takes precedence, which is why I made the bracha on the Tamar and not the Rimon. Amar Leis, Serb Chizda, said back, he was so impressed by this P'sak, He said, Man Yohivla Nagri De Parzila, who will give me iron legs, Venashma'i and we will serve you. Meaning, he said, I, I, I want to be your Talmud and I want to follow after you. If only I had iron legs and I'd be able to service you and work for you and learn from you forever which means the Gemara seems to accept this psaq. So, Tehosephus points out, very interesting, he says, where there would be an equality, so he gives an example where it's chita versus zayis, because chita is the first fruit from the first aretz, and zayis, or zayis shemen, refers to uh, the the olives, um, is the first fruit in the second aretz. So, there you'll follow that which is earlier, meaning that which is earlier, which means in the case you follow chita, you make the Brach first, and it would, or, or, or Pater, in that case it's not Pater, but make the Brach over the zayas. But that is maisa. what comes out from this Gemara within the Pesach of Rabbi Yitzhak. Now I'm move on to the second section. Now the Gemara is going to discuss here something that is very nogea halacha maisa. As always, we can't really paskin from the Gemara. We have to look at the poskim. We're going to learn this Gemara like Rashi. There are a number of things here that seem to be we don't paskin like the way Rashi learns. But we're going to discuss now foods that are brought in the context of a meal. When do we make a bracha Rishonah on those foods? When do we make a bracha achrona? And the starting point, one would argue, is, l'chore, if you make hamotzi on bread, you'd imagine it would exempt any foods that are brought after the fact. However, the way Rashi learns, seemingly, as we'll see, is that it only exempts foods that are eaten with the bread? This is Rashi's Shita. So, therefore, if there's foods that are not eaten with bread as a dip or as a wrap or something of that nature, you'll have to make a bracha. Now, we're going to see there's a distinction here between Rishona and Achrona that we're going to have to clarify as we go through this. The Gemara says itmar. So, it was stated as follows We have te'enim amuraim. So, let's imagine the fellow is middle of a bread meal. And they brought in front of him to uh, figs and on of him is grapes. <speaking in Hebrew> Within the se'udah. So Amr Rafuna says as follows Those fruits would require a bracha rishona ha'ats. But they would not require a bracha achrona. They would not require an ala'ats. Now, this sheet of Rafuna seems to hold. That the Birkas Hamazon would include the Ala'ats that you would otherwise have had to say on those fruits. But the Bracha rishona of Hamotzi doesn't include those fruits because, this is how Rashi seems to say, they're not eaten with the bread. They're eaten separately. So it's not tafel to the Hamotzi that you made. The Chino Merav Nachman Rav Nachman says the same l'fneihem. Again, there's a necessary Bracha before of Ha'ats. But you don't need to make aloetz because the, the birkas birchas would include the bracha on those fruits. This is the position of Rav Huna and Rav Nachman. Rav, amab, Rav argues and he says teunin bracha bein bein bracha is required as a as well as after you need to say. Al as well, and why does he say this? Birkas HaMazan doesn't cover. There is no food item that would require a bracha before and not after. Other than the category of food that is known as pas haba Bread that comes bekisdin, which will explain Rashi's Sheita in a moment. This is the only example, Pasaba bekisdin, where it's eaten, you make a bracha rishona, but you don't make a bracha achrona. Even but a... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But regarding fruits, within the context of a sood, if you're making bracha rishona, you do have to make a bracha achrona. Okay, so now we have a machlokis rashitosis. What exactly is this case? Rashi learns the case of Pasaba b'kisnin that we say you'll make a bracha and not a bracha after you finished your meal and you said birkas ha-mazun. There was a custom that they used to bring these pastries that had a lot of other spices and things mixed into the dough. And the way Rashi says it is, could I look at this Rashi? Pasaba b'kisnin. He says again, after you've eaten and you made birkasamaz, they would bring these kistin, which was kalayos, these grains, that was some sort of a grain a pastry. And after benching, they would bring these, which would, uh, um, what would they use them for? They were good for the heart in some way. It's about halfway through that rashi. Since they put a lot of spices in these pastries, ve'egoizem, vishkedem, or nuts. But they would only eat a little bit of it. Apparently, they would only eat a little bit of these pastries. It was sort of to give a, uh, I don't know, a strengthening after the meal. But they only ate a little bit. So They did not require, therefore, an alamechya. Just like we find by oirez, vedoychen, rice and millet. And therefore, Rashi seems to finish off. You don't need a brach at all at the end. Now, the Mufarshim explain Rashi in one of two ways. Either the Pshat and Rashi is you don't need to make a bracha achrona at all because you don't eat the requisite shir. Right. Or you make a bracha achrona bar nefashus, you don't make a al But either way, the point would be, it would emerge, that you're not making a you're making a bracha rishona of l'chorim but you're not going to make a bracha achrona. Why? As Rashi seems to learn because you don't eat enough of this to require an al hamichya. Fine. Now, Tosfus learns differently. Tosfus explains, this is a food that was brought before Birkas Hamazon, and therefore Birkas Hamazon covered you in the Bracha Achrona, so you didn't have to make an Alamechya, but you would have to make a mizonos that Bracha Rishona. Because, so, it, came before. because it came before, and again, it wasn't as included in the Hamoitzi. Exactly. So that's what Tosfes learns, the Machlok is here. Now, this Paso the Kisnen, seems to learn, if you would eat this outside of the context of a meal, where everyone her would hold, you would have to make a rishona and achrona. It's just in this unique, at least the way in Tosfus learns, it's in this unique circumstance that you're eating it within the context of a meal. You don't make a Brach Aharonah. However, back in Rav Shes, certainly he says if there's fruits that are brought within the context of a meal, you'll have to make a rishona yeah. and an acharona. It's possible of a kiss. Now, there are other shittas, what this uh, possible of a kiss. Nin. There's actually three shittas in the Rishonim, famous shittas. Either it means... Bread that is very dry and cracky, like it cracks, like uh, the pastries that are able to break, or it means something that's filled, like a kiss is a pocket, or like Rashi seems to learn, it's something filled with uh, fruits, fruit juices, and spices, and things of that nature. And there's discussion in halacha in general when this would be considered bread, or when is it considered pasababa We, I believe, are makil like all of the shitas, means we require all of them, or machmir, I guess. But anyways, that's a discussion Allah Halach we're not going to get to right now. Continues the Gemara. Now, the Gemara continues on this topic. And the Gemara says as follows, Upliga de Chia. Both of these approaches, which is Rafuna and Rav Nachman, or Rav Sheshes, debate Chia, Because according to both of these approaches, if food is brought in the context of a meal, either, again, like we're saying, is you need to only make a bracha Rishona, or you have to also make a bracha Achrona. But the bread doesn't potter. That seems to be clear. So this would argue on the position of Rabbi Chiyah. Rabbi Chiyah says bread would exempt you for all foods, everything. You don't make Rishona, you don't make achrona. And wine would exempt you from all liquids, which means if you make Hagefin on wine, you don't make a Shehakol on other drinks. So this would clearly argue on Rabbi Chiyah. Now if Papa lays this out with three rules. So he's going to tell us three rules to remember when you do make a rishon, you don't make a rishon, within the context of a meal. Omar of Papa. again, we're going to learn like Rashi. Ilchisa. The Allah is as follows. Devarim habaim machmas hasa'uda. Things that are brought because of the meal. Things that are eaten with bread. Regardless of what it is. If it's fruits, if it's a, a mezonos type thing, but if it's eaten with the bread, it's dip, it's wrapped, whatever it is, it's eaten with the bread. And it's eaten within the context of a meal, so it's brought within the bread meal. It doesn't require a pre-bracha because that's a tafel to the hamotzi that you made. Nor do you have to make an after-bracha because again, it's tafel to the bread, and the birkas hamazon will cover you for this food item. Now, if it's not brought, with the bread, meaning it's eaten in the context of a meal, but it's not eaten with the bread. Rashi gives a few examples. He says, for example, daisa, which is like oatmeal or a porridge, and kruv, cabbage. So these are things that would be eaten, betocha seud, it's eaten within the meal, but it's not eaten with bread within the meal, it's eaten separately. So te'unim bracha since it's not tafel to the bread for hamotzi, you would have to make a pre-bracha, because it's not eaten with the bread. But ain't it doesn't require an after-bracha. Rashi explains because these are things that are meizan. These are things that sustain you. So therefore, when you say birkas ha the birkas ha-mazon covers it because these are things that sustain you. Because again, they're usually eaten in the context of a meal, just not with the bread. So there's a mazon element to it. However, category number three, le'achar ha-seudah, and Rashi explains as follows. Things that are commonly eaten after the meal as a dessert, like fruits, which means they're not eaten with bread, and they're not even eaten usually within the context of a meal. It's after. So these, even if they're eaten within the context of a meal, Zakdrashi you have to make a bracha before because they're not eaten with bread so they're not tovel to the Amotzi and you also have to make a bracha before Birkas HaMazon again for the same reason because it's not a muzon, it's not mezon it's a fruit does not cover that that's how Rashi explains the rules of Rav Papa so they ask Benzoma the following Shila. The first rule of Repapa. Why is it that foods that are eaten with bread within the context of a meal don't require a pre-bracha or an after-bracha? back, because the bread exempts them, meaning they're tough to the bread, and it's mazon meal, it's exempted with berkas hamazon, so it's completely exempted. So the one says, if that was so, When you drink wine in the context of a bread meal, why do we say Bore Pryagofen, which is the halacha? You pull out a bottle of wine within the context of a bread meal, you do say Bore Pryagofen. But if the concept is that bread exempts all food, so why is wine not exempted? Why would you say Bore Pryagofen? So Rabban Zayim answered, Shani Yayin, turning to Membei Zmodalif, de Goyrem Bracha La'atzmoy. Wine is different because it causes its own brach. Rashi explains that means that there are times where you're not even thirsty to drink wine. You don't want to drink wine, but we still make a bracha on wine. What's the examples of that? Kiddush, Havdalah. You don't necessarily want to drink wine. Oh, I must drink wine, give out, look at this. So, you don't necessarily want to drink wine in those contexts, and you'll still make a bracha. So, since we see that wine is special, it's unique <laughs> in that way, that there are times you're making a bracha on it, even though you don't necessarily want to drink it, within the context of a meal, the bread will not exempt it, and you'll say, Bore pri hagofen on that wine as well. We're stopping here at the top of Mebes Mudalef. I'll pick up on Mebes tomorrow, but as is Hashem.